Welcome to Season 2 of Take It or Leave It with your hosts, Nathan Fernandez and Roger Craycroft, bringing you the spiciest sports takes in the 512. Roger wants to get back in those jelly peas. Shut up. We can't afford that much time lost. We're almost right done. <laughs> I don't want any more. I just wanted to smell them. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Take It or Leave It for Roger Craycroft. I'm Nathan Fernandez. It's one of the most exciting times of the year right now with the NBA and NHL playoffs in full swing. We're not going to just leave the NHL fans there high and dry. We're going to just briefly talk about the NHL playoffs most importantly. Okay, um, we, we can do that. The Toronto Maple Leafs, who is my hometown Squad. Um, squad. They are the eighth seed up on Caps 2-1 right now, but they're currently in a dogfight and the Caps are winning. But also, interestingly, and I bring this up because this doesn't happen in basketball as often, the eighth seed in the West, the National Predators, are up 3-0 on Chicago. Oh. And that sounds like something else that's happening in the NBA. It does. So Weird. that was a great transition. Wow. Wait, how are, how are those Dallas Stars doing now? Tell me, tell me about all about those Dallas Stars. They're not in playoffs. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, they fired their coach, too. Ooh, sorry I asked. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the NBA. No huge surprises under, other than what Roger mentioned. The Chicago Bulls in the East are up 2-0 on the Boston Celtics, who are the one seed. And it's been a huge surprise to most people because I think the biggest thing is winning away on the away court in the NBA, especially... Mm-hmm. Team like the Bulls, who was hot and cold all year. Dwayne Wade was injured. Right. Now he's not. He's back, and they're playing well. Yeah, now that we're in the playoffs, it's like it's almost like why didn't we see this coming? Exactly, they just look like a really. I mean, they're getting all the potential out of their roster. Yeah, exactly. Like Robin Lopez is really stepping. He's up. really good. He looks great, and it's crazy that they to think that they gave up Taj Gibson and Dougie McBuckets to this OKC squad that we're watching right now. Um, some other updates. Toronto and Milwaukee are tied at one. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo has been huge in that series, of course, and some other play- role players I'm going to mention on the Raptors. But that first game, the Raptors came out very flat. Uh, they eventually lost to the B- Bucks by double digits, but they came back in game two. Kyle Lowry hit some big shots towards the end of the game. That was the difference in that game. Yeah, was, he, actually, was Kyle he was Lowry's... pretty much invisible in the first game. He, yeah, he, I don't know, I guess a switch just went on. He was like, oh, it's the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's and uh, Toronto's been criticized, especially last year, even though they got to six games with the Cavs. They played s- seven games in the, both of the first two series, and Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan didn't really exactly have their best series in those first two. So I hope to see Toronto turn it on. They're really good, but it's nice to see some new blood. The Milwaukee Bucks, futuristic Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, that lots of young players. That's a series where, exciting. yeah, where it's like I don't have any any dogs in the yeah, fight. Yeah, exactly. But I, uh, that's a bad analogy. I don't like that analogy. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Michael Vick doesn't like that analogy either. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but those are two teams that uh, I really like to watch. Yeah. So it's hard to pick one that I, I'd like to see move on. Um, but, you know, enjoy the series as it, go- as it goes. I'm definitely going to be watching those. Absolutely. Another series that's tied at one, the Clippers and Utah out west. Watching the Clippers and, unfortunately, Utah lost Rudy Gobert in the first game. 
and he yeah. hasn't played. That's that's a huge bonus. And he's probably not expected to play again. So that's a huge break for the Clippers, who were yeah. honestly looking pretty terrible in that first game. Yeah. And they still lost, even though Gobert didn't play the entire game, um, besides the first 10 seconds of the game. Yeah, um, it's really too bad for the Jazz, though, that they lost him. Yeah, I, I think mean, they'd be up 2-0 right they now. Just cannot, they just they only lost by like seven yesterday. Yeah. And they just can't keep him healthy. Yeah. Which is a bummer because he's he's young and he's probably the most vital part of their team. Obviously. Yeah, and, and he's just a rising star for sure. Yeah, and uh, another star on the Jazz is a player that was on the Spurs for a long time, uh, Boris Diaw. He's playing really well for them. Um, I heard that he's taken his love of wine and uh, coffee up to Utah, and he's spread it uh, to the players in the squad there. And uh, wow, it, hope... it makes me wonder uh, why we let him go, honestly, his yeah. play sometimes. He looks pretty good out there. He does. I know. He's making it's... some crafty passes. He looks like he shed the weight that he gained <laughs> when he was on the Spurs. Like, dang it, Boris, why didn't you stay healthy? You were so good in the <laughs> finals and everything. Yeah, Jeez, man. man. No, you're oh, right. Well. Yeah, he, he's made he's made a lot of really great passes. He's bringing a lot to that offense. Right. No surprise, the Cavs are up 2-0 on the Pacers. Maybe a little bit surprised. I didn't have any doubt that the, the Cavs could breeze through the East, um, at least till the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Indiana got close uh, at the end of Game 1, but fortunately uh, Cavs made a huge stop uh, at the end. There was that controversy with Paul George saying he, he should have gotten the last shot, essentially. Oh, yeah. And C.J. Miles got off a pretty good shot, I thought, yeah, anyways. I know. It didn't it's go like, in, obviously. I don't really disagree with him, but if you've got an open shot, even if your teammate doesn't doesn't sink it, like you have to you have to be behind them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. And especially because they were so obviously double teaming Paul so he yeah. couldn't get the shot. Obviously, that's what they're gonna do. Um, maybe he could have passed it back, but it would have just forced a bad shot, I think. Yeah. So But talking about the Cla- the Cav- Cavaliers, you said they might not they might breeze through the east other than the the Eastern Conference finals, but who's gonna be there? Who's gonna be in that in that series to even True challenge them I and, don't... The, and this is why i think lebron maybe knew you know let, let's get that yeah. second seed he had yeah i saw a lot of stuff scared. online maybe he was about scared that, of dude. those streaking teams the pacers the bulls teams that like snuck into the playoffs and i know that the heat almost made it they could have been dangerous yeah too. he just got to avoid the bulls he got to avoid the heat, his old honestly. his old teammate yeah. Dwayne wade and mm-hmm. yeah and the the experience that he and rondo and butler have and yeah. butler have yeah that's crazy uh lebron's a sneaky guy makes, sometimes yeah it makes you wonder it really does <laughs> it really does uh, i don't think anyone was trying to lose games out there but it came down to the last day of the season so i don't know but anyways cleveland yeah let's say let's say boston drops the first series then you got chicago and they're going to play washington or or Atlanta, it's going to be Washington probably. So then, what? Washington gets to the conference finals, and they play yeah. Washington. That could be a good. Series. I think it's Washington. Yeah, early on, I think I really th- thought Washington was playing poorly in the beginning of the season, but John Wall is in another on a le- on another level right now. He's playing like really, yeah. really elite. Guard. Yeah, and I'd love to see that that matchup: John Wall and Kyrie Irving going Ooh, at it. I mean, great. they're just two guys that have really similar skill sets. Now that we're talking about it, I kind of want that that matchup to happen. Washington, yeah. Washington, Cleveland sounds better than Boston, Cleveland. Honestly. Yeah, because honestly, when Boston and Cleveland played at the end of the season, they would just put LeBron and Isaiah like on purpose. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. And then it was like, right. you can't do anything. No. <laughs> and he, yeah, and he's he's like the heartbeat of that offense. Exactly. So, so that's true. Yeah, and, and John Wall and also, can like, make a lot of other things happen. So right, it's still different. Yeah, and man, that would just wouldn't that just be wild? Like the Washington Wizards in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, finals. that would be wild. That is, they were terrible last that year. That is just never. They've been terrible for a, a long decade. Time. 
I remember they made the playoffs uh, a couple years ago, and then they swept the Raptors, but they've just been another gear this year. So Houston OKC, the game that we are watching right now, uh, OKC's playing a lot better in Game 2, but Game 1, Houston ran away with it. They had a 30-point win, similar yeah, was, to the Spurs win in Game that was 1. A close, it looked like it was a close game, and I looked away, and then it was like, boom, 30-point yeah, lead. Yeah, that's kind of what happened in the Spurs game, too. Yeah, uh, true. I think Houston OKC will be closer series and what others you know might expect after that first game. Russell Westbrook does not have an off switch. He's going to be going full speed ahead for the next few games. And the last series that I didn't mention, other than the Spurs, are Golden State and Portland. Yeah. Not a series I super-duper wanted to mention just because I don't hey, like talking about the Warriors really all the time. It's happening. But it's, it's, it's happening. happening. Portland those, had a fantastic game. Are, no, that's – yeah, that's the thing. You feel bad for, for the Blazers because, it's like, Damian Lillard and, and C.J. McCollum are just out there, like, Ball. absolutely <laughs> balling. Yeah. Like, they, they look so they good. They look so and good. And they're doing everything they can, and there's it's still not enough. And the, the real difference for the Warriors in that first game, at least, of course, was Draymond Green. He had an amazing stat line. Uh, he had five blocks, and he was just really amazing. Every time Portland looked like they were going to get an open dunk, it doesn't matter who it was, whether it was Dame or whether it was you know Aminu, who was seven feet tall, like Draymond still blocked him. Yeah, he's a presence. It's really hard to get get points in the paint when he's around. Yeah, every team is trying to find the weakness. And yeah, it's hard. It's hard to see see one. Let's go ahead and get into the good and bad and the ugly. Saddle up, kid. We're about to hit you with the straight shooting, rootin' tootin' Texas takes from all the angles. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, so it's this week's good and bad and the ugly is going to be concentrated on the Spurs. Uh, like I said, the Spurs are up 2-0 on Memphis. Memphis is going to be really hungry for a win tomorrow, a Thursday in Memphis, and uh, yeah. the Grindhouse is going to be rocking. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to be raucous. And, uh, yeah, home game. I mean, if the, they might, if they the might first, jump out to a quick lead. Yeah, um, I can see that. If, and if the first couple that. games are any indication, it's going to be a fiery game. It's going to yeah. be physical. It's going to be emotional. Yeah, definitely emotional for the Grizz. Yeah, and we're going to get into why. Espe- yeah, in especially second. after all the controversy. Right, so the good for the Spurs, um, and the Spurs' great play was kind of lost in that uh, controversy after the game. It was. Especially Kawhi Leonard, just yeah. like coming Having out an and, and just shutting them down completely. But the best part about the Spurs these last few games has been the defense, uh, especially Danny and Lamarcus, um, just being so just sticking to their guys like glue. I mean, in that first game and the second game, Danny Green put Mike Conley in a straitjacket. Yes, he did. It was <laughs> he scored that was ten insane. points in the first quarter. Well, he's, he's just so much bigger and longer than him, <sighs> and he, it's unfair. He, and he can keep up with him. He's yeah, got, he's fast. He's fast. And he's such an underrated defender. I don't think he is underrated anymore, but well, I mean, people he, don't talk about him as the defender. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but that's what he said. He's out there as a defender primarily. Yeah, you know the the, the three point shoot that shooting is, comes with it. That is his role. Yeah. yeah, definitely. We held Memphis to 82 points in both games, which is an odd number to do two times in a row. But in the impressive, first three game, very impressive. Uh, we averaged eight blocks, which is amazing. And I know it's small sample size, but just to get eight blocks in the game is pretty awesome. And uh, Memphis has been shooting 38% from the field, which is pretty abysmal, and just 30% from the three, even though they've had some wide-open looks throughout game two. I mean, the real reason why Memphis was even in that hole in the first place is they were just missing some wide-open shots, honestly. Yeah, they were having a really hard time putting the ball in. They couldn't buy a basket, as Bill Land would say on, on the broadcast. So the bad for the Spurs, um, like we mentioned, and, and just for the whole game, 
is the really inconsistent officiating, and I wanted to bring that up because, like we said, we're going to talk about the rant. Yeah, no, uh, no one's going to no one's going to argue. That no one's going to argue with that, that. That wasn't wasn't happening, and that yeah. wasn't an issue. It did not sway the outcome of that game. No, I think the Spurs still pull it out, even even though we are only up by four. I was reading an article about how Memphis has been one of the highest fouling teams in the NBA in general all year, and they fouled us 22 times while we only fouled 13. And regardless of what the officiating is all year, I mean, the Spurs are a well-oiled machine, and we do not foul as much. That's just a pop, obviously, golden rule. 31 for 32 for free throws last night against Memphis. Sorry, Monday night. Yeah, and wasn't Kawhi like 19 for 19? 19 for 19, yeah. That's awesome. Third most free throws uh, attempted without missing. Uh, Dirk made 24 of 24 in 2001 or something like that, which is crazy. It's a cool stat. Amazing performance by Kawhi Leonard. And uh, the biggest thing that uh, Fisdale brought up that I wanted to read out, was, and it got me kind of questioning what he was really saying. He said, I know Pop's got pedigree and I'm a young rookie, but I'm not going to let them rook us. That's unacceptable. That's unprofessional, unquote. So I didn't really know what to take from that, but the way I interpreted it just when I was watching it after the game was that he felt that when it was a close game, the refs weren't calling fouls. And when I went back and watched the highlights, I would agree there were a lot of calls that looked like, you know, especially Zebo down low was getting fouled a lot. Uh, Mike Conley, obviously, and Marcus. Yeah. Salt, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Zebo gets fouled a lot. A lot. <laughs> Lamarcus was when those fouling, and those like don't no get called. I saw a lot of those. But uh, yeah, but I mean, it, it goes both ways. Yeah, it does. It? And also, the refs like they there's a fine line between making good calls and really disrupting the flow of a, a game, especially a playoff game. Yeah. Where you know you know it's going to be physical. Yeah. But, exactly. I mean, some yeah, there were definitely a lot of calls that got that got missed. And regardless of um, you know, the fine that got assessed for Fizzell, he's gonna pay thirty grand. Um, the players already mentioned that they were gonna all throw in and cover that. Mike Conley's the highest paid free agent in the history of the NBA, so I'm sure he'll have no problem helping out with that. So moving on to the ugly, we talked about it in the regular season recap for the Spurs season, but it's been the blown leads has been been an issue for the Spurs and like I mentioned they don't often come with losses but on Monday night we're up 26 in the second quarter mm-hmm. 56-37 and a half so they cut it down to 19 end of the third we're up 75-65 so now it's only 10 eight and a half left in the fourth it was 75-71 <laughs> so needless to say I had a near heart attack experience oh yeah and yeah, yeah you know it really thought that we were not going to get out of that game but it is scary when you see that happen um but Especially to the Spurs, because like the the Spurs should be able to you know stop the push yeah. that you get kind of in the early third quarter. You know, coming out of halftime, team makes adjustments and they have, they've like rested up for a little while, and that that's like very typical in an NBA game. You you see that that big push, yeah, and that happens all the time where the time, a team yeah. will have a big lead and then it just gets wiped away, right? Um, by the like you know the beginning of the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's very common. But yeah, it's like when you see it happening to your own team a lot, you, you do get it's pretty con- frustrating. Yeah, yeah, it's frustrating. You get you get concerned. It's like that's not something you can expect to get away with on a regular regular basis in the Definitely. playoffs. Definitely, but 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 it happens mm-hmm. a lot. You know, just gotta just gotta wait for the good stuff. You just gotta power through and keep yeah. playing the game, as Pop would say. Uh, Pop right. would say. Yeah, well, yeah, and just don't get away from uh, 
what got you the lead in the first place. Right, exactly. I don't know how many times I have to say that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it really does seem like Spurs, like, start jacking up threes, especially when the bench is in. Mm. I feel like, I feel like, uh, what, like, Patty Mills and... Patty um, Mills is off on Monday. He's 0 for 5. Yeah, right. And, but, yeah, he just takes a lot of, a lot of threes that are early. Yeah. And, like, without good ball movement right. first. And then not getting a stop at the other end, obviously, does not True. help anyone's case. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just so much easier to make a, make a three when you're, I mean, obviously when you're open, but when it's, like, a nice in-rhythm pass and you can, you can step into it. Right. And that all comes from, from ball movement, swinging the ball around. Right. And uh, Kawhi bailed us out, as per usual. We were up 75-71. Yeah. Came as out, as he soon scored. as he came off the I bench, mean, it was like... I was like, usually Pop put won't put him in until it's, like, under seven. But I was like... It's the playoffs. There's no reason to rest him. We have three days between this next game. I mean, just put him in. He played 41 minutes. He's going to be fine. Um, people will forget amidst the rant, though, that Danny and Powell hit huge threes at the end yeah. of the game. Yeah. Those were definitely a result of ball movement, some good penetration exactly. by Tony and Kawhi. And, man, Powell has not missed a three in the series yet. He is killing it. Yeah, right. He yeah he's been a hundred percent in every game he's, and, he, and he's he's not taking like a bunch of threes no he's just taking just when he's wide open really smart shots yeah, yeah he's a smart guy and, man he's just knocking him down it must suck for Mark to lose to his older brother <laughs> yeah. that must really suck his older brother who's been in the league since two thousand one one yeah. yeah one oh one yeah all right let's get into the superlatives hey y'all get ready for some superlatives where your pals Nate and Raj separate the goats from the kids. All right, so the first one is going to bring back a player that we don't really talk about very often, but was a past favorite player of Roger when we were kids. Um, Kobe Bryant. Oh, wait, no. No, it's I, not Kobe Bryant. I used to hate him. <laughs> so the superlative for most likely to be on an underdog team and dominate their old team is Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo. Of the Chicago Bulls. Wow. It's weird to see Playoff him Rondo, against the Celtics. Uh, he played for them for a long time, obviously won a championship with the team. Uh, but now he's on the Bulls, and he's getting booed for the by the TD Garden crowd. But he likes it that way. And he showed um, him. He showed him real good. He he's had almost triple doubles in both games. Game one, uh, twelve, eight, and six, and then game two, eleven, nine, and fourteen. Um, he's dishing and dealing versus his old team. Which is um, which is when he's at his best. Which is when he's at his best. Scor- Did you see that one where he like, got the rebound like ten points? And he just, and- Chucked it the whole length of the court oh, yeah, to like Jimmy and got an easy perfect bucket. outlet pass. Yeah, it was like a touchdown I love pass. Seeing those, those yeah. are so hard to make. I know. And Gra- Caleb, grabbing, LeBron, grabbing, and grabbing those a rebound guys and just like shoot, shooting it without even bringing the ball down first. Yeah, that's, he didn't even dribble tough, or man. take a step. He just turned that's, around and shot it. That's like how you, that's how you make it to the NBA is being able to make plays like that. Right. So sticking with the Boston Celtics, most likely to flip off his home crowd. Oh, wait, wait. Um, Marcus Dumb? Marcus Dumb? No, his name is Marcus Smart, actually. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Dang. So he got a $25,000 fine for that. But Wow, that's less than, than got, the ref. His deal should have just flipped wow. off the rent. Yeah. <laughs> the <ref. right>. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, anyways, the uh, Celtics were down 15 at the end of the uh, fourth quarter against the Bulls. Smart missed a three pretty badly. Uh, he was backpedaling, you know, to get on defense. And he threw the bird at some fans uh, who were probably heckling him. They probably weren't being very nice. Probably not being let's, very nice. Let, yeah, let's be honest about that one. But uh, the bird, I, don't, I mean, you could get away. I, he was kind of far away from them at that point because he had been pedaling back. So he couldn't really say something because they probably wouldn't have heard it. But, like, man, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen that, someone flipping the bird at a fan like that. Yeah, not not. I mean, like I get a, it, man. You're frustrated. Not in, like, a, a televised playoff pro, game. Yeah, yeah. Playoff yeah. Game. 
Dang. All right, so most likely to get into a skirmish with 40-year-old Vince Carter. <laughs> and that could be anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to go to our boy, Kyle Anderson, if we can call it a skirmish. I guess it was a little bit of a skirmish. His face afterward was so was, funny. Uh, he looked, loved he it, looked yeah. really confused and also just like kind of like, uh, I don't even know. He like, like he was really trying to stay out of it. <laughs> yeah, right. Like he, he kind of like smiled, but then also looked annoyed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kyle Anderson was five years old when Vince Carter came to the league. Right? So. <laughs> this guy's just like, this guy's like headbutting him? What yeah. is that? The Grizz were down 20 in the second quarter. Uh, Kyle kind of inadvertently uh, elbowed uh, Vince Carter in the back on an offensive position. Uh, when they went down to defense, uh, Vince Carter just kind of got in his face, like literally put his face up to his face. I, I think he got the T for because he actually like made, touched him, yeah. Made contact, <laughs> yeah. Like it wasn't really a headbutt, but like, no, it was just like a yeah, you know, like, like an yeah. intimidation. Thing. Yeah, but like there was there was just very minor skin contact yeah. <laughs> in the face region. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't really make out what Vince Carter was saying, but I could see Kyle Anderson saying, "You ain't tough." <laughs> when Vince <laughs> Carter was in his face, I was like, "Yes, that's so Kyle, funny. that's my boy." Kyle Anderson's bigger than I mean, he's. Probably doesn't weigh more than him, but he's like I don't. He's taller than him, right? uh, Maybe by a couple inches. Kind of just like six seven, right? Definitely not bigger than him. Yeah, six seven. Oh no, he's like six nine actually. I was gonna say because Vince Carter's like six seven. That's hilarious. All right, so the superlative for top five post game rant or post, you know, just rant at a press conference. Yeah, goes to Memphis head coach uh, David Fisdale, and I say top five because it's really hard to say the best one is because you got the playoffs. By Jim Mora, and then you got the practice. Talking about practice, Allen Iverson, and then then Herm Edwards with you play to win the game. That's obviously a classic. <laughs> and um, I'm just gonna play players to win an NBA game. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's five. Let's rounded it out. Yeah, um, I think, <laughs> that one really should be in there. Um, I don't think people really heard that one as much as no. We did, it was but... very understated as, as always with Pop. And then um, you know my biggest qualm with the whole rant. You know at the end. You know, he listed off a bunch of stats, all the free throws, numbers, and everything. And then he said, take that for data. Like, did you see that? Like, data? I was like, it's data, bro. Like, I mean, come on. It's data, right? I mean, I, I guess it depends. Uh, it can be either, right? Nah, it's data. Chandler, can it be either? It can be either. It can be either. <laughs> I prefer data. I mean, yeah, no one says data. Exactly. That's you what I'm sound, saying. You sound like a nerd. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I guess it's quiz time. All right, everybody, take out your uh, <laughs> take out your number two pencils because it's a pop quiz today. Oh, ooh, this of is course, so unexpected, right? Of course, of the highly irregular Chandler, very irregular. Uh, I did it just to you know the people who didn't show up to the podcast today just to screw with their GPA. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so it's a coach about Greg Popovich, obviously longtime <laughs> coach of the Spurs, considered one of the greatest coaches of all time. Um, it's going to be your standard multiple choice quiz. So, Roger, the, the board goes to you because you failed miserably last time. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. And your categories are Pop Gun, Pop the Bubbly, Top of the Pops, and Stock Poptions. <laughs> <laughs> pop the Bubbly. Greg Popovich and Don Nelson are two of only three coaches who have been named NBA Coach of the Year more than twice. Who is the third coach to have won the award three times? A. Hoobie Brown. B. Cotton Fitzsimmons, C, Phil Jackson, or D, Pat Riley? Dang, that is so Dang. Those all could have won it. Yeah. It's got to be... I mean, like, the you know, the gut is, like, Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson. or uh, Pat Riley. 
I'm going to say Phil Jackson. That is incorrect. Pat Riley. Oh, he's a class. He's a he's a good coach. All right, Nate. But so is Phil. Board goes to you. Uh, look really, at, he, looking to sweep it. He didn't. He didn't. He did Get the brooms out. Do you, do you know how many how many times did did Phil win it? Once. Just once. That's crazy. Wow, okay, he's crazy. got eleven rings though. I know. Mm-hmm. All right, Nate. Your categories are Pop Gun, uh, Top of the Pops, and Stock Options. Dude, Top of the Pops. In a 2013 interview with ESPN, Coach Pop said this player was his favorite to coach in the NBA. A, Tim Duncan, B, Bruce Bowen, C, George Hill, or D, Danny Green. That would be C, George Hill. That is correct. All right, Roger, your chance. This is it. This is the whole this quiz right here, this okay? Is it, Roger. You got Pop Gun or Stock Options. <laughs> what should I pick? I don't know. It I don't know. <laughs> it's not like it matters. <laughs> Pop Gun, please? Coach Pop served five years of active duty in the Air Force. While at the Air Force Academy, Pop majored in A, aeronautical engineering, B, European history, C, Soviet studies, or D, chemistry. What? That's impossible. What? Just that it's any one of those things is hilarious. What? European studies. There, which there's European history and Soviet studies. Oh, European history. <laughs> that is incorrect. It was Soviet studies. Well, Nate will take this quiz home oh, today. Man. <laughs> quiz. Do you? Do we want to see what yeah, the other one was? The, give we'll, us that last. We'll give one. you a pity question, Roger. All right, here Roger we go. Breaks down. <laughs> Stock options. There's no way you're gonna get this one either. By the way, you you really screwed up. <laughs> can I can I like maybe answer it and just yeah we'll see redemption just... run maybe we'll yeah see. let's give him a all right we'll run. we'll give him a I'm shot if so he gets far. it we'll go to the last we'll go to the tiebreaker and we'll win anyway. Do <laughs> <Stay laughs> <with> a handicap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Roger. Stock options. Greg Popovich is lauded as one of the most uh, successful business-minded coaches in the NBA. Notably, Popovich holds majority financial stake in which of the following businesses? A, a pizza restaurant, B, a winery, C, a publishing house, or D, a male modeling agency. You gotta know what it is. I mentioned it earlier. A winery? That is correct. There you go. All right. <laughs> you did All it. All right, let's get, let's get the last one. <laughs> okay. This one's definitely an asterisk on the board. Yeah, if I, if I win this one, it's like... So it's tainted. Uh, Nathan is just a merciful god, guys. That's I am, all I know. I am a merciful. Pop 10. Greg Popovich is among the top 10 winningest NBA coaches of all time. What spot does he occupy in the top 10 list, and how many total career wins has he had as a head coach in the NBA? Nathan just, like, knows this one. He just, like, already knows it. No, I don't. So your first one will be what out of the top 10 he is, and the second will be how many career wins. If you guys both answer the same one for the first one, then your your wins one will be the tiebreaker. But the the spot on the top ten list is the most important here. Okay. The results are in. The interns are tabulating the scores right now. Uh, Nathan, you said Greg Popovich is the second all-time winningest coach and that he has 1,218 wins. Roger said ninth winningest coach of all time, 1,001 wins. The correct answer was seventh, so Roger wins... Oh! One thousand and one's how many Timmy had. Really? That's what I tried to oh, go. And the correct wins down. number he would have won in both categories because the correct wins was 
Um, no, actually, Nathan would have won that. Sorry. What was it? It was 1,150 wins. Dang, Pretty he only good. won 49 games that time. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, you know, 50 wins a season. That was actually his number, though. 1,001. Yeah. That's how Timmy retired. That's awesome. Well, well congratulations. Congrats, Roger. You yeah, did we'll, it, Roger. We'll put an asterisk You got to win. I'll you get by. He got by with a little help from his friends. I'll take there it. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, I just, you know what? I just never should have chosen that pop gun question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was just a... That was a trap. An egregious mistake. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Take It or Leave It Season 2 is a proud production of the Chandy Global Podcast Network. Hosted by Nathan Fernandez and Roger Craycroft. Produced by Chandler Holloway. Featuring baseball correspondent Ross Newman and visual assets by Asha Kasefi. The music was produced by The Strokes, Los Campesinos, Alan Toussaint, Setsuo Yamamoto, and the Brothers Chaps. You can follow us on SoundCloud for new updates on episodes coming out every Friday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Our SoundCloud page is soundcloud.com forward slash chandyglobal. That's soundcloud.com forward slash C-H-A-N-D-Y global. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash takeyourtoleaveit512, all one word. It's a great way to interact with the show's hosts and stay up to date with new news on the podcast. Also give us a follow on our Twitter account. Our Twitter handle is at tioli512. That's at T-I-O-L-I-512. And of course, you can always follow our host, Nathan Fernandez. His Twitter handle is at NathanPF1. Great guy, plenty of great tweets. I'd give him a follow by read. Thanks a lot for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, I don't know. Data 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 is definitely comes out of the out of the mouth. He's smoother. the he's the best character in Star Trek the next generation, data. that's for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. Wow. What's his name? Brent Spiner? He's a great actor. All right, so last one. He was in The Master of Disguise. He's the bad guy. That's a terrible movie, but he's in it. Actually, it's pretty funny, but it's not a good movie. Okay. We can cut that out if you want, but, you know. Oh, we're gonna. Let's just go ahead. Let's just do the quiz. <laughs>